0: Welcome to Fringe Element here on the 440 Sports Network. My name is Braden Gall. You can follow me on Twitter.
1: At At Braden Braden Gall. Gall. (laughs) How
2: are you going to let me do it? Mine's Aaron Dugan. You can follow me on Twitter at TheAaronDugan or Instagram Aaron underscore Dugan. Rate, review, Uh, and subscribe.
0: You're welcome. What else should people do?
2: Go to Jaspers.
0: That's true. How about sharing the show?
2: Sharing the show? The people should share the show.
0: Tell one person about the show.
2: And, yeah. Or two.
0: Or five. (laughs) Send a mass email to everyone in your contact list about the show. That'd be good, too.
2: BCC, everyone. There you go. Uh,
0: all right, on the show today, Tony Barnhart, Mr. College Football, of course, on the Twitters. Uh, he works for SEC Network and, of course, SI.com as well. Backslash TMG, I believe, is the website he's writing for right now. Had an interesting column up, of course, on Wednesday about the subjects that we talked about with, with him today on the show, which is Expansion. Normally, Dukes, this is a pretty quiet time of year. We are in talking season and SEC Media Days are coming up next month. I got my uh, credential email today, so I'm excited about that. So we are getting, we are getting closer. I, I don't um, You
2: probably should get me one.
0: I, I will I can try. I can effort okay. that.
2: Cuz we could do a show from there and it could be cool.
0: They they would let your father get credentialed the sec media days event does not they don't exactly turn down credentials i'm pretty sure your dad could get one and your dad's gonna be a topic on the show today
2: yeah i don't know if they should give dennis one
0: because they scared he scared the shit out of my wife and we'll have to get to your old man here on the show in just a little bit but sounds ambiguous
2: uh, but yeah
0: uh media days is around the corner tony barnhart joins us and he'll talk about expansion we're going to talk a lot about expansion the reason i brought all this up is that normally it's very quiet but Everybody in college football agrees that there could be expansion so we we had some big stories this week so we'll get to that coming up in just a few minutes. Obviously you and I still majorly involved in baseball as the supers both of our alma maters have advanced uh, as has a lot of other teams in the SEC.
2: In a um, grand fashion.
0: Both both of them, yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. The, the difference is your alma mater's been there before so they need to act like it, you know.
2: The difference is our game ended it like 1 30 AM after we had been there for 14 hours. So
0: oh, you were there the whole time. Oh my god! Yeah, I had so to shoot late. the
2: game. I had to oh, video it was, for.
0: It was so late. It was so late. All right. So before we do that, of course, my favorite part of the show, Fringe Element, is brought to you by
2: ja- Jasper's, the freshwater cactus of the city.
0: <laughs> it's literally my favorite part of the show every single every <laughs> single week. The freshwater cactus.
2: Of the city. It's this the city. freshwater cactus of the city. You can't leave that part out. It's important. It's part, part of the marketing platform.
0: Is freshwater cactus something I need to look up on Urban Dictionary?
2: I'm not sure it exists. Let me look it up really quick. I, just, I don't know I, if that's a thing.
0: Well, you're young and hip. I just figured you might. Is it, is it mean something? I don't know what it is because I am I am fully on. No, I do
2: love cacti. Go to Jeff. It is confirmed. Thank you for, um, what is it, riffing?
0: Yes, vamping.
2: Vamping, I can never get that right. Um, Freshwater cactus. It's confirmed. It is not real. It's not a thing. <laughs>
0: uh, all right. So, what can you do at Jasper's? You can eat some really good food. You can park for free. You can watch the game. They got a great happy hour. What else can you do at Jasper's, Aaron?
2: Um, you could go eat there before Super Regionals this weekend.
0: Ooh, and if you and
2: think- and at or after because the games Friday, Saturday, Vanderbilt plays at eleven. And so you could do like a late lunch slash roll into happy hour at Jasper's.
0: Ooh, that sounds good. Which and is then if there's six, a Sunday
2: game, it's a night game. So four to six lunch.
0: on Friday would be your happy hour. So you could just like walk on over from the Hawk. I, I know tickets Actually are timing. impossible to get at Tennessee. I'm assuming that's the same case for Vanderbilt, for Arkansas, Ole Miss, all the other schools still left Mississippi state uh, in the sec. These are all amazing ballparks, by the way, except for Tennessee. But you cannot get into any of them. So you know, you might as well not travel to watch your team, just go to Jasper's. That's that's the point that we're trying to get across here.
2: Yeah, and that was a roundabout way to get there, but yeah, you're there.
0: Food's good, the parking's free. And if you can't go to the baseball game, watch it here at Jasper's.
2: Minus walking distance.
0: It's the freshwater cactus. Walking distance
2: during talking season.
0: I'm going to ask you to do that again later on in the show. I uh, hope you don't. All right. Tony Barnhart coming up in a little bit, but let's talk expansion here for a few minutes before okay. we get to your dad terrifying my wife.
2: It terrifies with... me all the time. So somebody, I'm glad somebody else is sharing in this.
0: So we'll get to some of the big pieces of expansion, what it means for the SEC, but, and some of the, the, the pros and cons, the good and the bad, the negatives, the things we want to see addressed. We've talked a lot about expansion before, Aaron, but this is sort of a, The reason we bring it up is that Yahoo Sports, Pete Thamel wrote a big story that basically everybody in college football, all the decision makers, which are largely the university presidents, the conference commissioners, the television executives, all the big people that make all the decisions in all of their different ivory towers, they all kind of agree that 12 teams might be the way to go, which is pretty big news. So we'll get to all of the details, but I wanted to start. I went back and looked at every single year of the playoff Mm -hmm. and I looked at the top 12 assuming you know just taking away the the automatic bids i didn't go back and look at all that i just looked at the top 12 like without auto bids and i had a couple of couple of nuggets here for you if you want to know how much this means to the sec in the last three seasons consecutively the sec has had four teams finish in the top 12 so in 2018 bama number one georgia five florida 10 lsu 11 In 2019, you had LSU 1, Georgia 5, Florida 9, Auburn 12, Bama 13. They would have been left out even in a 12-team playoff. Wow. Yeah, nuggets. Um, 2020, Bama 1, Texas A&M 5, Florida 7, and Georgia ninth. Interestingly, Dan Mullen would have made the playoff all three years as a head coach at Florida.
2: That's actually crazy.
0: But four teams, so immediately you see the stakes – In 2017, there would have been three that got in. Georgia three, Bama four. They both got in. Auburn was number seven that year. Remember, that's Mm -hmm. the Auburn team that played in the SEC championship game. In 2016, there would have been only one team. Bama was number one. Nobody else would have gotten in. Only one. I know. Isn't that crazy?
2: Who else was in the top? Who did Bama play that year?
0: Uh, 2016, it would have been Washington in the first round, I believe. Oh,
2: okay. Um,
0: Auburn was 14. Florida was 17. 2015 you would have had two and get this it would have been Bama at number two and Ole Miss would have gotten into the playoff
2: that's right
0: at number 12 in 2014 not only would Bama have gotten in at number one but both Mississippi schools Mississippi State at seven and Ole Miss at nine Hugh Freeze would have made the playoff twice and Dan Mullen would have made the playoff with two different teams that this is how much is at stake for the SEC
2: that's fun good research Brad you like that Hmm. Right,
0: so basically eight different teams from the sec would have made the playoff Ole Miss would have made it twice Dan Mullen would have made it four times Bama would have only missed it one time and I, it's just
2: and thank god our alma alma maters are good at baseball because we would have made it zero <laughs> times
0: <laughs> zero combined times
2: that's zero for us um <laughs> It's, it would be, so here's my, here's my question for you, because you've been diving into this all week slash you eat and breathe and sleep this content, but what does, how does the automatic bids affect the SEC in this same sense? I mean, 12, there's some opportunity there, but anything less than that, can you talk about bidding, helping or hurting just briefly? what what is that how does that affect the SEC like we wouldn't have really gotten
0: yeah that, wonder, that's that's true I mean I, like I said, I didn't look at the at large stuff uh, versus no, no, no. I No, not know
2: it's still fun but I just want to know sure. now that we've talked about how many are in the top twelve how would that affect how I, many would we actually be getting in
0: probably you shave off maybe one here or there two here or there i, I it's it's mostly. You know, maybe the, the Ole Miss team that was 12th, right, in 2015 probably doesn't get in because right. there would have been an automatic bid. But but really, like, wh- what you're asking is how many times does a team get an automatic bid that's outside of the top 12?
2: And the answer is probably a, a, a lot.
0: But I wouldn't think it's more than one per year, though. You wouldn't? No, because you're going to have six automatic bids from five Power Five conferences. And by and large, the five champions – are a lot of times in the top 12, like maybe once or twice, they're not the group of five team is the one that's probably rarely going to be ranked in the top 12, but they would have an automatic bid. That's six. Then the other six would be at larges, And that would be your top six teams in the country that weren't conference champions. So
2: in this past year, George, Alabama, Georgia, a those three, I mean, obviously all would have gotten
0: in. So Bama would have been one, Texas AM 5 Florida seven, Georgia nine. And I can actually, well, it's it's hard because in 2020.
2: Well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> the,
0: yeah. The Pac-12 like didn't really play a season, you know, like it's hard. You almost have to go back to 2019. Your point is valid that teams outside of the top 12 would get in, but I don't think it's as many as people think if that, if that makes sense. So I got uh, 2019 pulled up. LSU was, your, LSU was your SEC champ. They were number one. Ohio State mm-hmm. was your Big Ten champ. They were number two. Clemson was your ACC champ. They're number three. Oklahoma was your Big 12 champ. They're number four. There's your four conference champions. Oregon okay. was the Pac-12 champ. They're number six. So there you go. They're in. Okay. Um, and then the top-rated group of five team would have been Memphis, your boys. Wow. At 17. So that would have knocked one team out. So in theory, Auburn at 12 would have gotten knocked out. And but, the line would have been number 11, if, if that makes sense.
2: I honestly, it's nice to hear that because I didn't know. I hadn't really dove, dived, dove, dove, Delve, delved, delved. No, I say dive in.
0: I think they dove, dove in, delved in. Do, De- no,
2: not. Okay. Words are hard. <laughs> <laughs> I had not dived into it. I'm going with dive. It's dive. delved. I'm
0: telling you, it's d- you well, have not. I'm not. I'm
2: talking it. about like into water. You, you think the past tense of dive is delved?
0: You don't delve into water.
2: We're I think, so stupid. Hold I think on. you
0: delve into in information. You
2: delve like, into information. Yeah, but yeah that's yeah. not what I was trying to say. Yeah.
0: That's Anyways,
2: fair. I had not dug into it. I'm going with dug. Well, but in this um,
0: situation, it's delve because you're talking about stats and rankings
2: and information. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm just I had not delved into it there you go Jeez, (laughs) but it's nice to know that based on 2019 it does seem to work well if only one gets left out I mean that happens I mean people get left out of the playoffs all the time right now so the reason I'm for it
0: I'm looking at well I'm looking at 2018 and UCF was the highest rated G5 they were number eight
2: well they won the national championship that year
0: (laughs) that's true that's a good point (laughs) Sorry, sorry, Danny White. Uh, but they would have gotten in. Like Notre Dame would have been an at-large, like because they don't have a conference, so they would have taken a spot because they were number three. Mm-hmm. But you have a- SEC, Bama at one, ACC, Clemson at two, Big Twelve at four with Oklahoma. Uh, you know, Ohio State was at six, so they would have taken an at-large spot. Washington was at nine. They were your Pac-12 champ. So, like at that that year, it would have been one through twelve. So,
2: so I know you're for it now. And you have some stipulations. I have some stipulations too of the only way I could fully jump on board with this expand. I know I have no say in whether or not it actually expands. So um, I'm humble enough to know that. However, you mean that
0: thing- the NCAA isn't asking our podcast what they should do?
2: They have, I have not heard directly from them yet. Okay. okay. But some things would have to happen for me to jump on bored with this and I'm still not totally sure that I am even if all of these things happened I think you have to you have to do something about the regular season schedule at least eliminate one game before you throw all these extra games at these teams because if we're thinking about someone who has to who doesn't get automatic so if you think about someone who really plays all the way through it is that three is it three extra games well, the, so the
0: first four would get a buy which right. eliminates But I don't
2: care about that. I want to know anyone in the playoffs, how many extra games they have to play if they have, if they don't get a buy.
0: Well, so this is what's interesting because I, because I agree the biggest, you know, the biggest argument, the biggest argument against it is the athletes. No question. How do you take care of the athletes, protecting them and or compensating them, right? Like if you're going to put their bodies at risk, compensate them. If you're not going to compensate them, you need to consider their health and safety. So You probably
2: should do that regardless, but yeah.
0: (laughs) Sure, but let's be cynical here and and operate in the real world where only people care about money, sadly. Love that. What's interesting is that the teams that are in the top four that get a buy will probably play an extra game in the conference championship game, but the teams that don't get a buy probably won't have played an extra game in the championship game. The team that will suffer the most in terms of games played is the team that loses its conference championship game, but still gets into the playoff and has to play three rounds of the playoffs so then you're talking 13 then you're talking 16 games at that point but we have teams playing 16 games we have you know we have teams playing 15 games right now so I, I don't know i do think something needs to be done and i think you're talking about a valid point but it's you're only talking about one or two extra games for one or two teams i, I don't know
2: 15 who's playing 15 games
0: i mean it's a lot LSU, lsu 15 and 0 clemson 15 and 0
2: I guess. Yeah. And I think the problem with the problem with taking out a regular season game is you're affecting the revenue of the schools who absolutely have no chance of getting in. That's just not going to happen. So you take away a regular season game from the people that are probably not going to be vying for a playoff spot. You've affected dollars towards the school, which is, you know, you'd like to think pretty directly related to dollars towards the student athletes. It's not yet. Um, so that's there's a problem there. I'm very worried about the wear and tear. I already was worried about wear and tear with teams going all the way through the playoff right now. So that that concern still stands, especially without the groundwork laid for making sure that these student athletes do have some kind of compensation since they're getting absolutely just beat down for that many weeks. A year,
0: I would be in favor of removing the, the one garbage game, like the worst game on everyone's schedule to your point. I would be okay with that. But a couple of things you mentioned, one, let's think about Vanderbilt for a second and say that game normally for them is a huge revenue driver and they don't really have a chance at making the playoff. Then there's also the team they're playing, which is generally making a lot of money off of playing that game as well. So if I could promise you that the television money that comes from, you know, expansion some of that some of that gets trickled down to these other schools like if i could promise you that we avoid that problem would you be be okay with and assuming athletes are compensated and name image and likeness and all that stuff it
2: could get me closer my only problem is i don't like when utc plays alabama anyway so (laughs) i don't think that's a good i don't think that money or not i mean the people that are choosing at you know, UT chat to play Alabama are the ones looking at the dollars, not the ones getting hit by an Alabama lineman. So I don't love that game regardless, but yes, that would get me closer to being able to yeah. put my meaningless stamp of approval on it.
0: <laughs> Do you want to know who else doesn't like that game? The athletic director at Alabama, because the season ticket holders don't like that game and the television partners who have to televise that game. That's very boring. and won't attract eyeballs. They don't like that game either. Basically nobody likes that game except for the people running UT Chattanooga because they're the ones that are not
2: the ones taking the field. Yes.
0: Right. Collecting the paycheck. So if you could guarantee that that tiny little chunk of cash, like $600,000, which is big for UT Chattanooga, but very small in the grand scheme of SEC football, if you could guarantee some of that's going to stay where it needs to be to help these programs stay alive, I'm running out of reasons why this is a bad idea. It helps TV partners. It helps the SEC. It helps the other power five conferences. It helps the group of five. If we're going to make sure we look out for the student athletes here, I'm I'm running out of reasons why it's not a good decision because I don't think it negatively affects the regular season. I think every game becomes even bigger.
2: And I don't I- disagree there. And the reason I've been trying to think through all of this and all of the different things that play into it. And of course my mind goes straight to the student athlete that I do think it's good for the sport because I, I think with the expanded playoff, there is a lot more reason for kids going through the recruiting process because everybody wants to be in that postseason situation, at least get a chance for a championship. You know, we'd love for it to be some kind of big event like we talked about uh, comparing it to Omaha or that would be the goal. Um, to get it closer to that. so I think it will help diversify talent which I think overall is good for student athletes especially with name image and likeness coming to the finally being on the docket and being taken care of because like we talked about you could be third string at Al- Alabama you're probably not going to get money but if you're first first string at Wisconsin um, and you want to you know go to some of these smaller schools Cincinnati Memphis that you know, you actually have a chance to end up in postseason play. So I think it's good for the sport. And I think for the same reason and, you know, being seen, it could be good for the student athlete as well.
0: I want to get rid of, I want to get rid of divisions though. I hate divisions. You do hate divisions. And And the SEC will never do that. And Tony Barnhart will explain a little bit more about this later on, but he's probably right. The SEC won't do it, but I don't want, and it's not really a problem in the SEC. Generally, generally it's two, two of the best three or four teams in the league. We don't get a lot of like, six and six teams in the sec winning divisions like in other conferences. So I am not as worried about it in the sec, but I want the two best teams in the league. If the two best teams are Bama and A and M like last year, I want them to play in the sec championship game. That's all.
2: Do you, what do you think about those the first four get a bye? That makes sense. Those teams that are, you know, eight through 12, when you, you, when you get down that far, even though it's not far from the top, The depth of roster difference from Alabama at one or Clemson to a team like Cincinnati or, you know, someone that makes the top 12, but barely there's a, I would think, and in my experience, from what I know, there's a huge difference in the depth of your roster when you go from one to 12. So what do those games start to look like as we get further into this 12 team playoff? And does it, you know, do things fall off quickly when you're talking about, Eight through twelve, just because of their stamina and playing those three extra games, and the not having the depth that Alabama has.
0: It depends on which team you're talking about. I think yeah, for sure. If you're you're talking about Cincinnati, the answer is yes. You know, I'm looking at the list. Like LSU finished eleventh, Auburn finished twelfth, Georgia finished ninth in each of the last three years. Like, am I worried about those rosters relative to Alabama? Probably not. Like, I'm not as worried. Like the other teams, if if it's You know, if you're looking at these top 20, let's just pull up, for example, let's pull up um, the Athlon preseason top 25 for this year.
2: Look, I have mine. Are you proud?
0: There you go. This year, number 12 would be Notre Dame and they would play number five, Georgia. Like that's a pretty badass football game (laughs) like in in Athens, right? Number six, Texas A&M would play number 11, Florida, like a rematch of last year's awesome football game. Uh, Number seven, Iowa State would play number 10, North Carolina. And and number eight, Cincinnati, would play number nine, Georgia. None of those teams are probably capable of winning the tournament. That's one thing we have to admit here, other than maybe like Georgia, let's say, or Texas. Maybe one or two teams is capable in that five through 12 of actually winning three games. But it's still going to be the top two teams winning national titles. We're we're tricking people into thinking they have a chance to win it all. But in the meantime, we, we get sustained interest in the sport all the way through the end of the regular season. More teams are able to compete for things. There's more money to be made and the student athletes hopefully get compensated. So I just, if Alabama's going to win the whole damn thing. Anyway, why don't we have a little bit more fun doing it? <laughs> I, I guess. Is, I mean,
2: yeah, yes. th- that's not a bad point And that kind of, even though it's not directly what I said about the student athletes and diversifying talent, they do have a lot to do with each other in the sense that, you know, you, everybody wants a shot at the postseason, And you know, if you, It'd be better to maybe to end up um, with a postseason shot at a school that's not Alabama, where you're not riding the bench for a chance at a national championship. Maybe there's a lot more excitement in the recruiting process if you have a chance to at least be on that stage, if nothing else. And I do think that will be good for the sport. And I also think it will have to be taken into account, obviously, for recruiting. It could change things a little bit and just making sure you can get all the way through the end of that season to at least have a chance. But again, I think that all has to do with evening out talent a little bit more. And I'm for that
0: Uh, Iowa state, for example, number seven, Brock Purdy, Sam Howell at number 10 with North Carolina, and then Jaden Daniels, the quarterback at Arizona state at 15 in our rankings preseason for, for Athlon, those three guys are premier recruits that went to Iowa state, Arizona state and North Carolina. Normally those guys are going to Ohio state and Bama and Clemson. So that's literally what this is about is trying to get that one star or a couple players to just go to some other school. Maybe it's Kentucky, maybe it's Missouri, maybe it's Arkansas, maybe, you know, like there's a, there's other chances for other teams to get that guy. And, and that's sort of what I think this is all about. So I can't come up with, look, look, as long as you take care of the athletes, which is a big, if I used to be anti-expansion, I used to be protect the regular season. I have completely changed my opinion. I'm ready for this to happen. And let's take a big hack at it.
2: And we were, we were anti-expansion, a lot of it having to do with the fact that we hadn't really seen a ton happen in terms of player compensation, but now that that's in the works and we're heading in the right direction, I think it's finally, Oh, at least made us receptive to hearing people out on it. Cause I think both of our main concerns were really, yeah. that's not right.
0: Yeah, right. You can't expand and keep making more money and not take care of the athletes. That's correct. For, for sure. Um, all right. Well, again, just something to consider some food for thought. The meetings will be in the middle of June, we probably should could get a recommendation from these like working committees sometime in the next two months. And when that gets out, we'll talk about it at that point. But th- this is a pretty big story because it's impossible to get everyone in college football to agree on anything. And it sounds like they all right now are in favor of a 12-team playoff. So we'll keep an eye on that for you. Tony Barnhart with some more insight and wisdom coming up in just a few minutes. However, why did your father... Email a package full of anthrax to my wife. Email? Sorry, sorry. Snail mail. Snail mail addressed as D squared to my wife.
2: From D squared. From D squared.
0: I was out of town (laughs) with my four year old. So, okay,
2: well, let's stop and say this is the first time, besides the intro to the show, that I'm hearing about this. Am I surprised? Absolutely not. But I did not know this was happening.
0: (laughs) So, uh, it's like a small manila envelope. Vanilla envelope. I don't know what the Manila name Manila, um, which is like the capital of the Philippines. What? It was it. It was addressed from D squared, and hang on. Let me, let me see if I can
2: get it here. Hang okay, bam. bam. I can. I'm sure it looks very disheveled. I've received packages his from hand, him his before.
0: Th- his handwriting is worse than mine.
2: Horrible, but everything gets there. That's so impressive.
0: Two Scooby Doo sticker uh, stamps. Oh yeah. Uh, addressed to Mr. Braden Gall, podcaster extraordinaire, and I think that's like a a bowling ball on the eye or something? I don't know what Oh, is.
2: he puts hearts over the eye. Is that it? it
0: or is it, it a football? It's definitely not a heart. And it's a perfect circle, but it's definitely Smiley face? More, it might be a smiley face, yeah. But like an, uh, it's very, the whole thing.
2: So oh my, yeah, I, I get it.
0: So my wife texts me and is like, were you expecting a package?
1: <laughs>
0: because there's no name <laughs> on the package except for D square. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and uh. so, she, so she texts me and says that she had opened it. <laughs> And again, I was out of town with my four-year-old. She was in town with the, two-year- with the three-year-old. She's like terrified because something <laughs> flew out of the package at her face.
2: <laughs> I know exactly what it is because he's done it to me before. These wind up butterflies that are like rubber band butterflies that you wind up like 40 times. You put them under something and when the pressure is released, they fly and it's terrifying. He, they're in my, I keep finding them from last time they were in town. Like one flew out of my bathroom drawer a couple days ago
0: so actually here's what she did she sent me a picture and it says may i please open this Looks suspicious and i was like wtf yes and then she takes a picture of what's inside which is like some some sticky wall spider-man ninjas and like a tabletop football game (laughs) and a wound up butterfly and she goes the butterfly flew out at me and uh was very scary i'm sorry because it was meant for you but he put a heart on the eye in aaron's name which is cute that was from my wife.
2: <laughs> She's probably so confused. Think about like, yeah. He's can I, just can I read weird. his letter? Can I read it? Of course.
0: Braden, I fancied this a way to say the podcast is the wind beneath my proverbial wings. <laughs> you have a remarkable way of eliciting the extraordinary smartassery in Aaron's soul. Keep up the good work. The opportunity for Aaron to work with you has, in my ears, really paid off. Are you listening to this, Aaron? Yeah. As the production value has become even better week after week, and it didn't start off sucking, so that's high praise, period. <laughs> there, he didn't finish the second was part dependent.
2: of the sentence. Was, right, right. was the
0: clause. was <laughs> the Dennis Dugan, no relation.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I hate him.
0: Notes. <laughs> Notes, practice the game before Aaron proposes a friendly wager. There is some extra fun in there for your girls. I, I assume it was meant to be extremely sweet and comical.
2: Oh, that's right. Dennis's love language. It's like weird packages.
0: That's very terroristy of him.
2: Yeah, he, no, he's... He's on it, he's fascinated by the US postal system because most people don't know this, but you can actually just drop anything in the mail with an address on it. It does not have to be in a package. Like you could take a can of well, a liquid maybe didn't work, but like you could take anything. It doesn't have to be a package. You could put your address on it where like it's going to stand. Like
0: this tape measure I've got right here. Just like he, just he has sent stuff like it. that.
2: Yes, you can send that he's fascinated by that so you'll probably start getting like weird objects with no package oh god, and he agree. loves the fact that they get where they're supposed to go despite not only his handwriting the fact that he has not enclosed it in you know standard postal packaging
0: interesting man and i'm starting to understand more and more where you came from
2: so, yeah there's some similarities thanks, i must thanks admit d,
0: thanks d squared i appreciate d squared.
2: then all right god dennis
0: he listens to the show, so we do appreciate it. And, and thank you, Dennis, for um, the kind words. And um, <laughs> I now understand your love language more. I'll explain it all to my wife when I get done.
2: So. Yes, please do. Haley's probably so frightened.
0: Without any more conversation about your father, here was my conversation when we come back with the great Mr. College Football, Tony Barnhart. Fringe Element. Aaron Dugan is brought to you by.
2: Jasper's the the green light of every four way stop. So I'm ready so, for that so one.
0: Jasper, here's what Never
2: I, am. I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't about.
0: understand why you're never ready for this. Like you know a hundred percent that it's happening at the moment that it's happening.
2: Maybe I subconsciously am keeping myself from thinking about it because I know you like it. Like you think they're funnier when they don't make any sense.
0: Uh, that is true, and I appreciate you blocking it out mentally so that you can make it funnier. I appreciate an intentional
2: that. lack of preparation.
0: Go to Jasper's, where they go prepare to, a lot of stuff. They do a great job with preparation at
2: Jasper's. All sorts of things. Right. Just go.
0: What's wrong? Are you okay?
2: Yeah, go to Jasper's. I'm kind of brain dead. Yeah, go to Jasper's before to the baseball game and get nachos. They didn't get rid of those, did they?
0: They they have a lamb barbacoa quesadilla.
2: Oh, that's right. They put that in place of it, it, which I've yeah. not tried yet. And you said it's good though.
0: It's very good. It's
2: very okay. Good.
0: Yeah, it's very good. Let me ask you this. Um, okay. Do you get pissed off? And I'll, I'll, to the audience as well. Do you guys get pissed off when you walk into a restaurant or a bar and it says happy hour and it's like a $9 beer and then they're like dollar off drafts? Yes. And it's an $8 Everyone's- happy. That's not a happy hour. That's-
2: It's offensive. Like,
0: and Jasper's is combating this because if you go to like Taps and Flats night, which I think is Thursday- Mm-hmm. or Tuesday, one of the two, you get burgers either way. You get like a $15 meal and like an $8 beer for like $10. That's almost like half price. That is a happy hour. Jaspers is delivering on their promise of making you a happy hour. And that's not even it's, including their actual happy hour from four to six, which is like $4 foods and $4 drafts. And that's like, again, like half price.
2: If you're going to make it's a happy hour, happy hour. Right. I'm pulling it up. It yeah, is an epidemic
0: in this country that people claim that they're offering you a happy hour. And then all you get is like $6
2: off a $14 glass of wine. Now their wine's like $5. Their cocktails are like, what, six?
0: Yeah, like $4 six? beers that are normally $8 beers. $9. That's a happy hour. $6 apps. Damn it. Ha- these, 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 these $1 off specials masquerading as happy hours is pissing me off.
2: Now you have to do your happy hour research. I know there are a couple of websites that tell you everyone's happy hour. And if you see a dollar off, you know, people are just playing. Like that's just, that's not Jasper, even right.
0: Jasper's is the only happy hour you need to know about. Go to Jasper's. Their happy hour is real. It's spectacular.
2: Also uh, flight night is beer and wine. And it's my favorite $10 Mondays.
0: It's pretty good. And that does again, four to six Monday through Friday is like their actual happy hour. Then they have like another happy hour.
2: Like specials, like, like a six p.m. close, yeah. yeah, one per week, yeah.
0: It's like four to close every weeknight. You're gonna get something, some really good deal at Jasper's because taps
2: and flats is Tuesday. Just for confirmation,
0: they care about you at Jasper's
2: and your cacti, <laughs> the
0: freshwater cactus, the
2: <laughs> which is not real, but you get you get it though. I
0: think I don't think cactus are saltwater. I think they're all freshwater, right? What?
2: Let's not act like we know that much about cacti.
0: Well, they survive off natural. Wa- I mean, are there some underwater cacti in the sea? Maybe there are. I don't
2: know. There've got to be.
0: I watch a lot of Nat Geo too. I should know this stuff.
2: Hmm. You should, and I should too. Before I start talking about them. Yeah, that's. A There's a lot point. of succulent. I have several succulents in the in the apartment.
0: Jasper's the... not talking about things that they don't understand.
2: let see. That was a good one, Braden. Thank you.
0: Go to Jasper's. Free parking. Great happy hour. Real happy hour, and the food is amazing. Go to Jasper's. TV. Welcome to the show, man. Always a pleasure to see you. How are you, sir?
1: It's all good. You know, I, I was talking to somebody, writing the fact that SEC Media Days start on July nineteenth. Man, it's going. It's going to be here before you know it.
0: It's it's next month uh, officially, which which makes this talking. I like to think when the Athlon Sports Magazines come out, it, it is the start of talking season. Yeah. And, yeah. and and so we're in the middle of it. However, we got a little, normally this is kind of the quiet time. We got a little grenade rolled out there in the form of a story about expansion. And I want to kind of get the SEC perspective on this with you. And no, number one, just first and foremost, ha- have you ever heard of like everyone in college sports, all the power brokers, all the decision makers? Have you ever heard of them agreeing on anything the way it sounds like they're maybe allegedly agreeing on expansion of the playoff?
1: That, that's a great point because all the time I've been covering this, uh, you know, BCS, playoff, it, all, all this stuff, I, I was told the same thing. Tony, it's darn near impossible to get 10 people to say I'll say yes. That's why this stuff moves so slowly. But, uh, and this is a column that I'm, I'm going to post later on today, on, uh, on si.com slash tmg, our, our website is that a real smart guy during the pandemic, one people, somebody I really respect, said, You know, my experience is that when you have a life changing event like the pandemic, it takes trends that were already in place and accelerates them. Okay. And I think that's what's happening here. Matter of fact, I'm sure of it, is that the Everybody was willing to wait. You know, let's just play out the contract and go four or five more years. And then we'll see. the. Le- but I think I think the pandemic has accelerated the thought process of everybody. And that's why this thing is, is moving at a pretty quick pace.
0: Well, and, and I want to stay with expansion, but it's not just expansion, right? It's, it's accelerated name, image, and likeness. It's accelerated oh, yeah. everything. And frankly, the SEC, let's be honest about this. It has, you know, since 1992, it's basically led the way on every big issue in college football and it certainly is leading the way with name image and likeness because the states are moving faster than everybody else right. and it's i would assume that it a playoff expansion benefits the SEC as much as it benefits anybody else
1: yeah it does it does but an intriguing part of all of this braden is that in the past few weeks i've had people say you know we're going to expand but don't don't rule out 12 Tony. Don't rule out 12. Uh, And the moment, and Pete Thammel did a great uh, piece for Yahoo Sports yesterday where he says there is a certain momentum for 12. And I'll be honest with you, two months ago, I thought 12 was the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard of. It's insane. You can't do it. And now all of a sudden, it seems possible.
0: So let's start with timing on this before we get into sort of the pros and cons of 12 because I I have long been anti-expansion. I like it at 4, but I've I've, I've completely changed my opinion that the health of the sport is now at stake yeah. nationally nationally and if you're going to take a hack at it, you might as well take a big swing and I and I'm I'm on the 12 team bandwagon now, which is something I never thought I would say. So we'll get to all those details in a second, but let's start let's talk timing. They've got meetings coming up what in two weeks, basically in the middle of the month? When do you think you just mentioned the contract and how it's accelerated? What does the timeline look like for all of this?
1: Well, I think the meetings, uh, as 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 Pete reported and Heather Dennis reported uh, today, there are meetings coming up in Chicago. Look, there are there are really three main groups involved. One one of course are the commissioners, the ten commissioners plus Notre Dame. Right, that's one working group. There's another group of I forget what they call them, the board of directors, but it is a group of 10 college or 11 college presidents. They ultimately make the decision and mixed in with all of that because I like to be careful with this because people's eyes just start rolling in the back of their head when you throw them to them. But there is a what they call a working group that's really doing a deep dive and studying all this stuff. And they're going to make a presentation later on as well to the commissioners and all the presidents. So all this stuff is going on in june and july and the possibility exists not i'm not going to say probability but the possibility exists that at some point in this process a recommendation is going to be made and once a recommendation is made now that uh, that starts over well how do you implement it when do you implement it Uh, but that's kind of where we are we're in the decision making process of whether or not to move forward
0: Do do you think we could get news before camps open up in the summer
1: I think we could get news on what the recommendation is. Okay, not 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 that it's adopted, not that it's approved. Not no 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 no. The the key is the recommendation that comes out of all of these meetings.
0: So let's get to the. the uh, I'll start with the cons on, on the twelve team playoff because I think they're all. Again, I've spent a lot of time thinking about this. I cannot come up with a lot of things. That don't like almost everybody benefits from from this, except for one group of people, and that of course is the free labor force that's doing all the work, having to play maybe an extra game. So how do you? Let's look. To me, the biggest negative is the athletes having to do, sure, two three extra games. How does that all work? Is there a chance that there's a regular season game eliminated? What do you think the scheduling of, of a format like that? How do you think
1: that would look? That's why this is so complicated because it's all the details like that that have to be ironed out and worked through The obvious the obvious problem with the 12 team format is the calendar. What do you do with the calendar? right now if you had to put it in tomorrow you would keep the calendar the same except for this you still play your conference championship games on the first Saturday in December that's not that's not going to change. And for all the people who would just do away with the conference championship games, you've obviously never spent any, well, not only money, but you've (laughs) obviously never spent any time in the SEC because there's no way that's going to happen. The problem with eliminating games, is that doable? Can you eliminate a game with Western Carolina? That's fine. But if I'm the athletic director in the SEC, I said, I'd be more than happy to eliminate that game, Braden. It'll only cost you $4 million for me to do that. Okay. (laughs) You've got to make up the income. You got them. You got to make up the income. So if you had to do it now, you play the conference championship games on the first Saturday in December. you play the first round of the play. You get four, four, four buys, four teams get buys, five through nine or five through eight and play nine through 12 and on campus. That's another problem. The, well, no, you've got to play on campus. You you can't have you can't ask fans to make four trips. You just can't. And so you get the event. You know if you if you're one of the teams to get a bye, you absolutely get the home field advantage. And then the, the 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 big problem I see are two. One is that if if you play into the third week in December, which is when the second round would be, you are bumping up against fall commit commencement. And exams, and oh, by the way, the Saturday before Christmas—that's an issue. But it's an issue that would have to be worked through.
0: Well, and and I, you talked about the, the revenue lost from a game, especially a, a, what is largely b- blowouts for most teams. And yep. I've heard I've heard Greg Byrne talk about this at Alabama. A lot of ads that 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 they have already started pivoting away from some of those games because a TV partners don't don't like them as much, and frankly. Yep season ticket holders don't, don't like them as much. I I, I guess the question is, can you recoup some of that loss if all of a sudden you're selling PSLs and the rights to buy playoff tickets? You know what I mean? Like imagine LSU fans, what they would spend on playoff tickets at death Valley.
1: Right? No, it's a great question. Can you, will there be, will there be so much more new money in this format that it will compensate for the dropping of a game yeah that and that's the way you have to do it you have to prove to the ads on paper that you, you not only are you going to not lose money you're gonna make money you're gonna make more money uh, you're gonna make a lot more money and uh, but th- those are the what you know, they start talking about dropping games oh just drop a game well it's you know it's not that simple people try to make it real sense you just, you just don't just drop a game what do you do with that game and the in the revenue
0: well and the other th- question, and I think this one's—I've kind of waffled on this and gone back and forth as well. Sort of the the integrity of the regular season and how good you're going to dilute the regular season, whatever talking point you want to use. And I've kind of always, I've kind of always believed in that too. But if you start laying out the format and you think about the incentives that are in place to get to the top four, right, the bye week, the incentives to get to the five through eight where you'd have a home game, the incentives to get into the playoff at nine through twelve, for literally dozens more programs that would never have chances to to compete for that stuff. The, the the division races, every game, even a game Georgia versus Kentucky becomes so much more important because every single game can dictate seating. I, I actually don't – I've kind of changed my opinion on this. Do, do you think it will dilute the regular season or do you think that's something people are just sort of scared of in theory?
1: No, I, I'm like you. I've changed my mind on that. I mean, I was, I was as hardcore staying the four as you can get. But when we went through the pandemic last year, I, I rethought all of these issues that you're raising. And one one of them was is, is college football has the best regular season of any sport. It's not even close. And the fact that you if you lose to Alabama or you lose to Alabama State, it doesn't matter. Your margin of error is gone. Well, under this, I think there are more games, there are more meaningful games. And and we get here's the stat, Braden, that kept coming back to me. We've had seven years of the college football playoffs, four bids every year. That's 28 bids, 28 bids over seven years of those 28 bids. Five schools have 22 of them. the four teams that played last year. Plus, plus uh, Oklahoma. All right. Oklahoma has been four. Okay. So that's 22 of 28. Six other schools have been one time. So that's, 11 total schools that have participated in the playoffs in 7 years, all right? The, you know, if he, if he, let's just count the power 5, right? The 65 schools in the power 5 plus Notre Dame. That means only like 18% of the schools have participated. Basketball has a much higher percentage of teams that participate. So I think ultimately it's going to it would be good for the sport to have more teams participate.
0: And I think the the hope and I agree with you, I think my hope, at least, and I, and I don't know. You tell me if I'm, if you think this is going to happen. It, like I look at college football this year, and I look at North Carolina with Sam Howell. And I look at Iowa State with Brock Purdy, and I look at Arizona State with Jaden Daniels. Those are just three players, three singular players that sort of have changed, along with a lot of other stuff, coaching in particular have sort of changed the dynamics at those three programs which we would call middle class in college football mm-hmm. but those three individuals have changed those programs forever and the idea is is that like you said if you've got 11 power 5 teams let's say making the playoff every single year that over a 15 year period of time maybe coaches at Iowa or Kentucky or Missouri or Ole Miss can you know the second tier programs can go sell that to recruits as an opportunity to play in the playoff and maybe the talent disperses over time a little bit. Is that something you subscribe to?
1: Yeah, I do. And the one of the things in this in this column that I posted is what Mike Trangese, the former Big East commissioner, called the law of unintended consequences. And I think one of the unintended consequences of the playoffs is the incredible advantage that it would give in recruiting to the teams, to the Clemsons, the Alabamas, the Ohio States, the Oklahomas, who go four, five, and six times the incredible recruiting advantage that gives them when they go into somebody's little room. Hey, you want to get ready for the NFL and you want to play in the playoffs. That's two big things for you. Well, if I'm Clemson, I'm Debo Sweeney. Hey, we've been we've been six times. You need to come with us. And that it's like the incumbency in politics. The incumbents in politics have a tremendous advantage when it comes to uh, reelection. Same thing here. And that's why I think we've got to expand to get more teams involved and more the ability to recruit saying, Hey, you cut co- hey, if we won a conference championship, guess what? We're in the playoffs. You can help us win a conference championship.
0: Well, and <laughs> and you can't have like everybody west of the Mississippi minus Oklahoma checking out before the end of October. Like you can't have that because right. that's that's even bad for the SEC. Um, what what's interesting about this entire thing is. You know, it does benefit the SEC, but it benefits everybody else, too. A group of five right. probably gets in. Pac-12 is going to benefit the other power five leagues. TV partners are going to make more, more money. I, other than the athletes, I cannot find a negative because everyone who's who sort of subscribes to the don't dilute the regular season, you know, oh, you're just going to make it easier for Alabama and Clemson to get in. And you just made the case. Like, it, it's not it, – it can't get any easier. They're already getting in every right. year.
1: Right. Well, you have – because you have two ways. If you win – it, one of the reasons the basketball tournament is so fascinating, all those conference championship games that are played during, the, during that w- the week, that's for a bid in the NCAA tournament. Now every conf- each of the Power Five conference championship games will mean something because the winner is going to go to the playoffs. In my, in my, it, it, as the way it, it's set up, I think it yeah. just adds more juice to that part of the season and teams like Oregon know, hey, if we win our conference championship game, we're in. Should
0: we get should we get rid of divisions?
1: You know, I I'm, I'm not as big on that. I'm really not. I guess cuz I go all the way back to Roy Kramer when he was setting the thing up and he was he was convinced that the division divisional play made more games in November meaningful cuz you're playing for a division championship and a berth in the SEC championship game. And so I'm not in terms of getting the, I can see the argument, but I put it this way. I don't think the sec will do it. Yeah. Right. I can see the ACC doing it. I can see the the big 12 already does it. I get that, but I'm telling you the sec is not going to do it. Yeah.
0: I, I tend to agree with you, but I'm, I'm anti-division, man. I want the best two teams yeah. playing, for, playing for that automatic bid, but I, I'm with you. I don't think the sec is going to do it. Uh, do you have a few minutes? Can I talk some ball with you? Is that all right? Can sure. we talk actual football? Uh, sure. out, outside of Alabama, what, what is interesting to you in the SEC in terms of championship? Not not like, I, I love the new coaches. I love Lane Kiffin going to Tennessee. Like, there's all kinds of great stuff in college football. But I'm, I'm in terms of the championship race, what is interesting to you outside of Alabama?
1: Uh, can Georgia – Georgia is talented enough to win every game that they play. Can they do it? Can they get over the hump? Can they beat Alabama? Can they beat Clemson? Because if they beat Clemson, I think – they will be able, I think they'll be favored. If they beat Clemson, they will be favored in every game they play in the SEC, maybe by double digits. And then they have the showdown with Alabama. Because hey, Alabama's gonna win the division again. Okay. Everybody's like, well, they got to replace this and replace <laughs> that. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, they do have to replace those guys. But you know what? They got a lot of really good players. And more coming all the time.
0: I asked this of everybody I've spoken to about college football this summer. What the hell is LSU in 2021?
1: Don't, don't, don't. It's, it's a great point because I've got friends telling me, oh man, LSU's going to bounce back and they're very athletic. And yeah, they had a hiccup last year and all that kind of stuff. I don't know. <laughs> I just, uh, now they did, they did finish. They won at Florida. They beat Ole Miss. Give them credit for that. Uh, Ogeron made a bunch of changes because the offense wasn't working as well. They got a couple of pretty good quarterbacks in Brennan. Johnson, and and okay, all right, all right, let's see. I like Texas A&M in that two-hole because they've recruited at a high level. I believe in Jimbo Fisher and his ability to mold quarterbacks. And, you know, Kelamon finished his ninth year of eligibility, so he won't be back. Uh, So I like like Texas A&M. I'm not sold on LSU yet. I'm not sold.
0: Yeah, I, I think they're the most impossible team to pinpoint of anybody in the league. Uh, One more here and we'll let you go. Um, Auburn, Ole Miss, Kentucky, and Missouri. Of those four, which are all about the same right now, in the middle, a really healthy middle class in the SEC. Of those four, what is the story at the end of the year that we're talking about with those
1: four? Don't sleep on Kentucky. Mark Stoops has built that program. He's not doing it with five star recruits, he's doing it with guys like Josh Allen. Who they recruit and develop into, you know, outland trophy winners and play people like that. I think they're going to be able to run the ball pretty effectively. They're changing up the they're changing up the offense. Now, this is a risk. Now they've they've changed up the offense dramatically. They've gone to the Sean McVay. Uh, that's the that is the plan. Will it work? New offensive coordinator, uh, young guy, thirty five. Uh, I, don't, I just think they're, they're a team you better keep an eye on. Uh, Auburn, to me, is one of the most fascinating situations out there because we don't know. We know. You know, can Mike Bobo develop Bo Nix? Bo Nix is a talented, inconsistent quarterback. Mike Bobo has, has worked with a lot of good quarterbacks, and he sort of builds them from the ground up. Can he make – can he make – Bo Nix into a consistent quarterback and we we don't know
0: well Tony always a pleasure my friend it seems like it's going to be yet another amazing talking season in the summertime Uh, SEC media day is right around the corner appreciate your time Uh, always love talking to you man thank you so much all right you bet That was Tony Barnhart joining us here, of course, on the show. We do appreciate his time. So uh, outside of expansion there, not a whole lot going on in the SEC. Baseball, of course, I know near and dear to both of our hearts, as we've talked about a lot on the show, is a big deal. Maybe I'll see you at the park this weekend, you know?
2: I will be there. You will have no choice but to see me because I'm running around with a camera the whole time. Can't miss me.
0: You had a lot of time at the park this past weekend.
2: Oh, did I? Two games a day.
0: And now you got East Carolina at Vanderbilt, right? You got uh, LSU at Tennessee. You got Ole Miss, Ar- Arkansas surviving in Game Seven of their regional in crazy fashion with like a pinch hitter who hits like eight hundred and a closer who throws six innings. It's like it's insane. College baseball is great. Watch college baseball, folks.
2: It's gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah, let me know if you end up at the game. I'm sure, I'll talk to you before then. But
0: yeah, I, I I should be there this weekend, but not at Tennessee at Vanderbilt because I live in Nashville. Yeah, and yeah, I, no, I have I'm... children and I can't travel
2: do your girls games. like to go to the games
0: um they have not been to a baseball game yet they have been to a football nfl football game they have been to plenty of hockey games and they've been to nashville SC soccer matches okay they have not yet been to a baseball game of any kind because the sounds which is nashville's uh triple affiliate they never played before like 7 p.m so
2: yeah well these are 11 o'clock so maybe you I can bring them
0: i might be able to get
2: it's yes. exciting enough when it's ba- when it's just like a midweek baseball game in the middle of the season, it's not quite like hype enough, but it's going to, you know, the energy's good. So maybe it'll entertain Marin or Bennett enough to sit through it. A,
0: is it inappropriate, unprofessional on a credential to sneak my three-year-old in, <laughs> in, guy in, in reason, my backpack?
2: <laughs> yeah. If you like, may want to take Bennett. She's smaller.
0: If I can pack Bennett into a backpack and then mm-hmm. carry her in, do you think that's unprofessional on a credential? Couldn't be. I hope Vanderbilt's not listening to this.
2: Yeah, just try it. I mean, ask for forgiveness, not permission.
0: Uh, excuse me, sir. There's a child in here. Um, I don't <laughs> Who think could be you're too allowed, sure? You're not allowed to bring children or water bottles into the stadium. Okay.
2: <laughs> She's vaccinated. Uh,
0: just all right. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, uh, by the way, special thanks to Tony Barnhart. Special thanks to your dad for scaring my wife. It was funny for me. I enjoyed it. Uh, and of course, let's expand the playoff. Just it's, it's going to be fun for everybody and good for the SEC and good for everybody else. Uh, where should people go eat this weekend? If they cannot get a baseball ticket, Aaron.
2: Jaspers, even if you can go after because, the game
0: because fringe element is brought to you by
2: Jaspers. I'm not doing it again. I've already done it twice. Okay. You want to
0: Jaspers, the amazement of culinary dynamics for your soul.
2: See, it's not as easy as you think.
0: I'm not as creative as you. That's okay. Yeah. But the parking is free and the happy hour is very real. We could go
2: after a baseball game if you go to one. Let's do it. Okay. Just tell me what Friday or Saturday. I think my wife
0: will will let me out of the house. We'll see.
2: Oh, Haley can come.
0: Yeah. But what about the kids? Oh, that's right. I got one in the backpack.
2: One in the backpack and Haley can meet us at the other one at Jasper's.
0: (laughs) Go to Jasper's where they're okay with your kids in a backpack. (laughs) All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. (laughs) For Aaron Dugan, my name is Braden Gall. This has been Fringe Element on the 440 Sports Network.
2: Later.